Okay, so uh, let's see. I don't. I don't want to like script <laughs> this. I don't know. So for Cinescope, I'm trying to get away from the scripted intro outro thing. I just mm. want it to be like dropped in the conversation kind of feel. Yeah, that's what I've been going for. So I'll, I'll just kind of like wing an intro r- right here. Cool. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that was me winging an intro. <laughs> <laughs> Remember us? Yeah, it's been a little while. By my count, it's been, oh goodness, like four months uh, yeah. almost since almost. we recorded. Not quite that long since we released the episode, since we got a little bit ahead of schedule. But uh, we're back. We long promised that we would have some sort of extra bonus content wrap up kind of stuff for everybody listening. And we finally got around to it. So we, we thought we'd start out with sort of some life updates and maybe give some reason why it has taken us so long. <laughs> uh, John Twitter, I just got a notification, responded to our screenshot that we posted, says, all right, finally. <laughs> we <laughs> That's agree. That's appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> appropriate. So, so what's going on with you, Katie? It's not like anything major has happened in your life since the last time we recorded. No, everything's the same. Except for everything. <laughs> um, no, uh, married now, which is nutso and feels still really not like real life. Wait a second. So you're not my longtime co-host, Katie White. I am not. I am now Katie Roden, which is still very <laughs> odd. And I got made fun of by a lady at the airport because I was waiting for a snack and I got some fries from Whataburger, and she said, first name, last initial, I said, Katie W, no, wait, R, and she yelled at me for not knowing my name, and I felt really bad about it, but, <laughs> like, So that's different, down. and it's the wedding different. was great, I, I enjoyed it, I was glad to be there. Yeah. It, it was a, n- a wonderful outside wedding, it was good it was weather. a little warm, but it was good, um, yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a great day, it really, as far as I know, and as far as I care to know, it went off without a hitch. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to worry about any hitches that did happen. It was your wedding day. It's all behind us, but uh, really, really great day. Best part was, you know, A, getting married, and B, seeing everyone that it had been so long. That wasn't English, but you know what I mean. <laughs> and getting past the planning the wedding. Getting past the planning the wedding was definitely, <laughs> was definitely part C. <laughs> uh, and then getting to go to Belize and coming back here and just kind of getting back into real life. So. That's been my few months, just sort of acclimating to that new life. Uh, what about you, Chad? What have you been up to? I've been working. Uh, surprise, surprise. Yeah. Uh, I had a great <laughs> Christmas break. Over Christmas, I went to Colorado for a week and learned how to snowboard. So I'm yeah. a professional snowboarder now. Very uh, fast. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it went really well. I mean, it went well in the sense that my dad bruised a ribbon. I did not. So I'm good. <laughs> there you go. And um, other than that, Great Christmas, back to work. That other podcast that I do, Cinescope, is finally back. And I, I had looked to see how long it had been since I'd last recorded that one. And I thought, oh, it was just the beginning of last summer that we last recorded. No, it was definitely the beginning of two summers ago. Oh, no. So <laughs> that felt good. <laughs> but it's back. I've recorded a, a few episodes, actually, at this point, and recording another one tomorrow. So that's back in the swing of things. And if you like what we do here at American Workplace, then go check out my other podcast, because I'd like to think it's similar in content or at least an outlook where we're talking about the things we like and why we like them rather than tearing it down and all that kind of stuff. So that's what I've been up to. What movies have you discussed in your recent episode? Well, since coming back, we talked about Looper, which is Mm -hmm. the 2012 Ryan Johnson film that introduced me to him. And then we talked about Knives Out as sort of a follow-up to that, uh, because also Ryan Johnson, and those are both amazing. 
And then last week we talked about a comedy that is basically Harry Potter actors, the movie, but it's not Harry Potter. It's called In Bruges. <laughs> it's got Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson and Clements Poesy and Siren Hins and Ray Fiennes. So like five people from the Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire cast in the same <laughs> movie. That's great. Um, yeah. And it was it was good. And then we talked about the Greta Gerwig Little Women. Oh, yeah. And that's the one we just posted today, and it was really, really great. I really like that movie because I really like Little Women, and it was awesome. Also, in the archives of Cinescope, you'll find an episode with me in it. So go find the uh, Forrest Gump episode of Cinescope, and you can get some bonus chatting Katie content. It was Katie's (laughs) first ever podcast, and I'm sure it was not good, but... Oh, it was fine. The discussion was good. (laughs) (laughs) And Katie will be back at some point, too. Eh, We can't can't keep her out of the podcasting chair forever. (laughs) Speaking of which, let's dive into our uh, bonus material for season nine, which four months later, we're finally getting to. So um, kind of diving back into that world. The DVD extras for season nine included first a look back, the cast farewells. Uh, They tracked down a bunch of people, most of which were regular cast members, and they even tracked down some sort of deep cuts, some sort of throwbacks, which was really, really cool. We see the cast in Scranton, I think, for their rap party. And Oscar says, which seems to be very accurate, that it's like the Beatles and the Pope landing at the same time in Scranton because <laughs> they go nuts. The people of Scranton just really love this show, which is really cool. I loved seeing that that it, it was like a finale tour kind of thing where they all showed up in Scranton and they they were at the stadium and Steve Carell showed up to that thing, which was really awesome. That made me a little bit emotional watching everybody reacting to Steve Carell come on because he'd been absent from the show for a couple of years, but he still showed up for this big final uh, hoedown. Hoedown. What are, what is this like? <laughs> Shrew Farms. <laughs> it's a hoedown. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that was really cool. I learned from this featurette that I had no clue what Greg Daniels looked like. He yeah. looks like a dork. So same, I guess. <laughs> Just a, a few highlights that I had, or at least took away from. Mindy Kaling said at the start that. She thinks that at its heart, The Office is an optimistic show, and she thinks that that will be its legacy more than anything else. And I think, at least as far as I'm concerned, I think she's right. I talked about in our episode 108, where we gave our final thoughts for the show, that I always considered The Office more of like a a drama with comedic elements, really comedic elements, to be honest, to be fair. That was what always appealed to me more was the, the, the... character relationships of relationships of the show more than the comedy and so for her to say that she looks back on the optimism of the show and the the positive outlook it had i i really admired that about that about what she said in that same sort of beat they discussed how it came to be how it is the quintessential workplace how we've all had a boss that gets in the way of us doing our job and that that's sort of what this started as and bj says the premise of the show was what if you had the world's worst boss and he bought himself a mug that said the world's best boss because uh, <laughs> when it boils down that's that's a lot of what it is mm-hmm. is just trying to do your job with a boss that gets in your way and i think we can all relate to that which is sort of the simple beauty of the show there was a lot of stuff reiterated that i think we knew already had been said in other interviews or other seasons, bonus materials or stuff like that. Um, John 
we learn, had a lot of pressure on him to audition for Dwight, but he thought that he was more of a gym type, and he was right, it turns out. Uh, we see lots of test footage that was labeled from 2004, and I thought it was funny that in this test footage, they had taped to the wall in this this sort of faux office that they had set up that they were testing in, uh, a sheet of copy paper, and it read, there are plenty of trees <laughs> typed on it. I was like, that's just the perfect thing to put in this this business that's clinging to paper because it's like all they've got. It's like we sell paper if if we run out of trees. Anyways, it, it made me laugh a lot. It's like defending the use of paper in an internet right. world. <laughs> there's plenty of trees, guys. Guys, it's fine. Which there's there's really not, but that's okay. <laughs> it was 2005. It was different, I guess. Yeah, it's different. Uh, and and Jenna talks about how vehemently she thought that john should be jim she said the character of pam couldn't be done unless she had the right partner and she knew at the audition that he was her teammate so i, I really like that we we hear a lot over the years about how close jim or john and jenna were just as jim and pam and i think it was really strong from the start is the the opinion they give us is that it was just like they clicked right away yeah i think if they had cast a different Pam, they would have needed to cast a different Jim. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that there could have been other pairs that that did the job. Maybe not as well, but I think there Mm -hmm. could have been other Jim and Pams. But Jenna and John needed to be paired together. Mm -hmm. And John said that when he was auditioning with Rain, Rain for Dwight, of course, he said that he knew that Rain would be a perfect cast because John was getting genuinely annoyed in the audition because this guy was just too much and he was like oh yeah this guy needs the part because he's perfect for that and uh and what started off as annoyance turned into really really good chemistry and uh just speaks to rain's perfect fit for for the part and bj told us that the whole ryan kelly relationship part of the show was based on how bj and mindy kaling interacted in the writer's room because obviously they were writers for the show that's how how they started off and bj described it as uh, always clashing soulmates and the others in the writer's room were really amused by it. And they wrote it in as a relationship for the two of them for the show. And BJ just kept on commenting about how they bonded over their mutual love of Ryan. <laughs> Kelly and Ryan did, at least. They harped on how unsuccessful the show was in season mm-hmm. one. In fact, they said goodbye to each other at the end of season one, fully expecting not to see each other again. A lot of pilots get canceled or put up and then, you know, not continued. A lot of season ones don't become season twos. They fully were prepared to not have a season two, especially with the ratings being so low. And I I didn't know this. The show was number one on iTunes. It was the number one downloaded show on iTunes, but still had really, really low ratings. And so it was only iTunes, the popularity on iTunes that made the network pay more attention. Like, okay, well, fans seem to like this, but it's getting low ratings, what's going on? And so only then did they really give it a shot. And they emphasized how much the fans 100% made the show a success because the networks really weren't giving it any due. Yeah, I think that that was definitely true for the first couple of seasons. I mean, a six episode order for a first season really isn't a whole lot. And then even for season two, I think they only had a small order to begin with anyways. And then as ratings started to pick up and popular on iTunes picked up, then it started to, they started to add more and more episodes until eventually it was a full 22 episode season or however many it was. So yeah, I, that's something I didn't know either was how iTunes influenced the 
the future of the show. And I, I think that could be said also about the ending of the show, how the fans had an impact, uh, you know, after Michael left. Obviously, the ratings dropped then, too, and a lot of criticism was levied on the show with Michael not being present. And it was just fans that got them that last uh it got them season eight. And then when season eight maybe didn't go as well or didn't do as well as they had hoped, uh, it was fans that helped them to push for a season nine so they they could properly say goodbye and close things off. Ricky Gervais was in the look back and I thought this was pretty cool. He talked about the first time that he was asked who he was. Normally it was Steve Carell plays the Ricky Gervais character in the office. Mm-hmm. And he talks about the first time that it was, oh, who's that guy? Oh, that's Ricky Gervais. He plays the Steve Carell character <laughs> in the UK version of The Office. Right. <laughs> and we're that moment where he was like, you know, yeah, I do. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I play the Steve Carell character. And even though he came before, he sort of admits in that moment that Steve really was the boss there. That's, he was always the office boss. Right. He made it his own. And he, he said that was the first time he realized that the U.S. version could really stand on its own two legs. Right. Now, I don't really have anything else to say. Did you have any other things to bring out from the look back? Maybe just one little thing. They talk about how there was quite a bit of improv in the show, which, of course, we knew, but that most of it still was not. And when it wasn't improv, the writers were very, very specific about ands and buts and ums and every little pause and when to look at the camera. Mm-hmm. Even they're walking around with the cameras as choreographed that when it is not improv, it is extremely specific and how I like how the actors wanted to give the writers their due there where they're saying, we didn't make a lot of this ourselves. We are doing exactly what was (laughs) asked of us because the writing is so, so, so good. It seems improvised, but it's just really meticulously thought out and, and smart. I think it was Rain who said, this is a writer's show. Right. That was the phrase he used. Yeah, that was a half hour featurette. And I had only planned on sort of skimming it, but I got sucked into it. So if you have the season nine DVDs or if you can find it elsewhere, it's called The Office, A Look Back. And it's really, really good. So go check that out. And then we have the bloopers. There are 15 minutes of the bloopers. And so we're not going to talk about every single one of those. But are there any that stood out to you, Katie, or that that made you particularly chuckle? Yeah, there's a few. This one kind of caught me by surprise when Kevin is choking on his pen. I forget the original episode that that happens and Oscar heads over and slaps him on the back of his head. But the sound it makes is like violent. And I was drinking water and kind of choked when I watched that. And Brian Baumgartner takes a second and sort of chuckles and starts rubbing his eyes. And so that might have just been a little hard. (laughs) And just... I don't know. For whatever reason, it's just the sound that got me. There's the scene from when Pam's mural was sabotaged, uh, where she is <laughs> interrogating Nate. <laughs> and she asks, Frank did it? And Nate says, I don't know his last name. She says, Frank did it? Did it? Sure. Frank did it, did it. <laughs> it is so funny. And Jenna and Rain, who's there too, they both completely lose it. It, it was a really good line. I, I kind of wish that had made it into the episode. Uh, just because it's so classic Nate. I had to include the Nate moment. Frank did it? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Frank did it, did it. So yeah. <laughs> when Jim and Pam in the finale are giving Dwight their notice that they'll be leaving, Pam goes on this long monologue and sort of keeps going. And she says, well, we'll come back to visit. But I think it's time 
to be interrupted by you. <laughs> and she says it completely straight. And Dwight back says, you're absolutely right. <laughs> like he realizes that she was having to ramble because he missed his, his cue. <laughs> it's just really great. There's that scene in the episode where Andy comes back from his three-month absence where at the beginning of the episode, Andy hasn't come back yet. And Dwight says, oh, I like pretend Andy. He, he signs everything I ask him to. He does what I want him to, to do. Uh, and so he goes in there and he signs his own expense report and then acts out as Andy. Well, we see this blooper where Ed Helms is in his island gear and he's lecturing Dwight, lecturing Rain on how to properly do the rid it dit to do if he's going to be imitating him. <laughs> and so it's a back and forth practicing rid it dit to do. The first time Rain says something like rid it dit to do. And he just like smashes it all together. <laughs> and so it was fun to have like a, a rid it dit to do Andy lesson. Oscar finally broke and it's very exciting. <laughs> I put that one down too. <laughs> Angela says it's the second time in nine years. So dang, first of all, mm. it's very, very exciting. It's during the Phyllis 50 Shades of Grey intro, the cold mm-hmm. open. And he's, it's, it's when the whole office is in Andy's office, except for Phyllis, who is, you know, occupied. And <laughs> Oscar's like, it's, it's, Oh, what does he say? Well, they're, they're, they're talking about how she's basically masturbating and Oscar right. tries to say that's no. an exaggeration or whatever. It's like and she's not. She's just. In a heightened state of. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and he breaks and he cracks and everyone starts clapping and cheering. And Oscar gets a little defensive. He's like, no, no. Rain made me do it. He, he did. <laughs> it's like, nope, nope. You broke. You did it. <laughs> it's just it's great. And the last one I have written down, at least, is like this whole like last minute or so of the blooper reel where Dwight is at his black belt ceremony and he's running around doing his martial arts. And he does like this weird cartoon pose at one point. He does it a couple times. I think the first time it's an accident and it looks really funny. And then he does it again for laughs. Uh, but we just see lots of him jumping around the office. He headbutts the plant that's yeah. there by Pam's desk. It- it's really great. Well, let's head into the next bit, which is the 2003 casting tapes, which is pretty cool. We get some pretty familiar faces. It's neat to see that basically all of these people have had very successful careers, mm-hmm. even though they were not cast on The Office. We've got Seth Rogen for Dwight, Bob Odenkirk for Michael, Eric Stone Street, who plays Cameron on Modern Family for Kevin, Catherine Hahn, who plays Jen Barkley on Parks and Rec, and others. I'm just naming things that I have seen mm-hmm. these people in right. <laughs> for Pam. Who else do we have? There's Pat Oswalt, who also auditioned for Dwight. And I had to look up this other guy. His name's Judah Friedlander. He's, yeah. he's kind of eccentric looking. I didn't know his name and I didn't know what to look up. So yeah. he went nameless in, in mine, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I don't know what he's from and I didn't really look, but that's okay. But I know his face. <laughs> yeah. Did you mention Bob Odenkirk? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it's nice to see that he was able to come back. And then for Jim, we had John Cho and Adam Scott. And Adam Scott obviously went on to have roles in various Mike Schur comedies as well, because wasn't he in Parks and Rec? And he, he is, was also yeah. in uh, The Good Place, yep. both by Michael, yep. Mike Schur. So. Yeah. And then, of course, we get the people who ended up being in the show. And A, it's just really sentimental and all oh, look at what babies they were <laughs> looking back <laughs> at what would have been. 10 years prior. But aside from that, I just put Melora Hardin came in looking exactly like Jan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty (laughs) much. It was the exact same. Jenna Fisher looked pretty much exactly like Pam too. Yeah, she did. And what really interested me, a question I had watching those was uh, David Koechner, who plays Todd Packer, 
he was included in those, but I don't think Todd Packer, we didn't see his face at least until season two. Right. Now, we might have heard his voice at some point in season one over the phone with Michael, but I didn't know if that role was cast at the same time as everything else or if they just sort of lumped it in because it was an audition tape. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like they probably lumped it in. They probably kept him on file like, we like this guy, we'll find a spot for him, and then they found a Mm -hmm. spot for him, you know? But what a good addition. Yeah. Maybe they had plans with Todd Packer in season one that they just didn't follow through with. Yeah, possible. We do get a brief, well, it is the full one minute version of the auto tune Andy, the uh, I could so just sit here and cry. <laughs> Baby Wawa. Baby Wawa. We get a, a pretty good summary of it in the episode itself. So mm-hmm. you kind of know what it is. But if you're interested in the one minute version, it is available on the DVDs. Yeah. And then the last thing that's bonus material on the season nine DVDs is the finale table read, which is exactly what you would expect it to be. It's about an hour plus long, hour 15 or so. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. It's worth checking out to to see the laughs, the emotional moments, to see how things differed from the initial draft to what ended up airing. Something I purposely looked for was where Michael's reappearance would have been, because it's obviously conspicuously absent. It was kept a secret for a long time that Steve Carell would be coming back at all. I also watched especially the final moments as everyone reads their last voiceovers uh, there in the office after the after party. And, you know, people's people are crying. Everyone's clapping. <laughs> and then after everything settles <laughs> and no one knows what else to say, and they're just kind of left speechless. Rain Wilson speaks up and says, OK, here are my notes. <laughs> and yeah. everyone laughs. Uh, so I, I mostly skinned. I'm looking forward to going back and watching the whole thing because I know you did. So what else stood out about it to you? There was a whole new cold open written that we didn't get to see where Jim wants to play one last huge prank on Dwight. It involves (laughs) Dwight getting into the Matrix. He plans a bunch of glitches to happen. A black cat runs by twice exactly the same, you know. (laughs) Dwight's computer goes black and there's a DOS-style interface that appears. There's a Matrix army. Dwight escapes. Hank appears in a long leather coat claiming to be Dorpheus, Morpheus's brother. (laughs) (laughs) Dwight's offered a blue pill and a red pill. The blue pill, he stays in the Matrix. The red pill, he is explained everything. You know, you've seen the movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Dwight, however, chooses the blue pill. And Hank, as Dorpheus, says, no, no, no. The blue pill is the one that you, you stay in the Matrix. The red pill is the fun. And Dwight says, I'm aware. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I know what I'm choosing. But this is really terrible timing. I respect the work that you and your brother are doing, but I'm in a good spot in life. I manage the branch. I own the building. My farm is successful. I'm engaged. And he, he tries to, he, he goes to take the blue pill, but things happen. And uh, Jim is, is upset that he doesn't get to use the like 30 people that he hired for this prank. <laughs> That's really great. A couple other things. The emotions in this were really, really mm-hmm. just strong at the, at the front end and the back end, the beginning and end of the table read. Angela, when Greg Daniels is going through the cast list for the last time, when he reads out, you know, Angela Kinsey plays Angela Martin and et cetera. When, he, when he's reading this, Angela cannot handle it and starts crying. And oh. yeah, it's everyone's misty eyed the whole time. And then another one that really got me is at the after after party when Pam answers the phone and says, no, I'm sorry, Jim Halpert doesn't work here anymore. Jenna cries through that line. But. <laughs> John is on the other side of Greg from Jenna. Mm -hmm. So it's Jenna, Greg, and John. Mm -hmm. And as Jenna's reading that, 
John just sort of looks over at her several times, trying to kind of like get her attention and comfort her, but she's just so emotional and weepy and wrapped up in things. Just wrapped up in it. But watching him smile at her during that was just really, really precious. Creed plays his guitar and sings the first line of his song during the table read. And I definitely did not cry. (laughs) Um, It didn't happen. So that's fine. And at the end of the show, everyone's in tears and there's a big, huge, long applause. And it's just, it's very good. It's very good. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to have to sit and watch the whole thing. Just watching that, that feature that we talked about earlier, a look back. Just watching that made me cry a little bit, talk, yeah. seeing everybody emotional during that. So I can only imagine the reaction I'm going to have watching the finale table read, but I'm I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. You're in for it. <laughs> so that that's all the bonus features. Now, before we wrap things up, we're going to cover a couple more things. Another thing that has happened since we finished our coverage of The Office is Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey have launched their Office podcast which is titled Office Ladies. It's the two of them going episode by episode, which is really surprising to me because I know how much work it took for us to get through the whole thing. And we did two episodes at a time and they're doing one episode at a time, which means they've got 200 episodes ahead of them. So best of luck to them because I think they're largely producing it themselves too. Although they do have a little bit of production team behind them. But uh, I've listened to all the episodes so far, except for maybe the most recent. I don't know what came out this week. But last week was an episode with Creed on it the whole time. And it was pretty great. And we've also had appearances by Rain Wilson and whoever was in charge of the props at the time. And I'm trying to remember of a couple others. I think maybe even Ken Quapis was called up at one point. And so we've learned a lot of things so far just about goings on in the show. Uh, little tidbits, stuff about Jenna and Angela's friendship and about their professional lives aside from The Office, I think are just as interesting as their talk about The Office itself. So if you haven't checked it out, it's worth looking into. I haven't subscribed to their like premium feed where they answer additional questions and have special content or whatever, but I might check that out too, just because I am interested in what they have to say. And then finally, we have several people who have submitted voicemails months ago. Hey guys, sorry, we did not forget about you. In fact, we're going to reply to your voicemails now. So let's get those rolling. Okay. First up is our good friend, Maria from California. Hey, this is Maria from California and so glad to hear your recent farm episode. The nephew of Dwight is also the same kid in, um, Hay Place where he asks for another ride on the Hay they all invite like, oh, you can get me off there, but it's going to cost you three more dollars. Um, and then the kid runs away. And I know double casting happens all the time, especially with small characters that they think that we don't notice or they have someone come back because they were really likable or a good actor or something. But, oh, we noticed. So, anyways, I just think it's fun to have noticed that. And thanks so much. Bye. Okay, so that was from Maria. Uh, she also left us another voicemail we're going to play at the end. That was just nice things to, to say about the show. But yeah, the, the double casting of the nephew or the, the, the kid from Hay Place to the nephew for Dwight is one of those double casting instances. I think another one that I don't know if we mentioned was uh, the guy who played Nick, the IT guy, also popped up back in... Uh, geez, what? I don't, I don't have the uh, episode titles on Instant Recall anymore. It's been a minute. <laughs> Let's see, where they go and Pam has a one, slide, one, one piece of paper that's supposed to represent 
all the different possibilities yes. or whatever, where they go back and to her old school. And he plays the design. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is job fair. Oh, oh that's <laughs> such an obvious title, too. Why didn't... Okay, good job. I forgot that it. was a title. <laughs> and that was season four. Okay. Season four. So, yeah, the, the, he was in season four, and then he came back to play Nick, the IT guy, later. So that was a long time. It's obviously been a long time since we <laughs> did this thing. Yeah. But yeah, so so not the only instance of double casting, but there it is. Thank you for pointing that out, Maria. Our next one is from, I think he pronounces his own name correctly. So I think it's Tobias from Denmark. So this is Tobias from Denmark. Hi, this is uh, Tobias from uh, Denmark. Um, I really love the show and uh, I just uh, have a fun uh, little thing. In the uh, promos episode, uh, where this, uh, they see the um, Danish uh, trailer, uh, when they call uh, Kevin Skrulbus band, uh, they say it, uh, it means uh, garbage man, but it's actually a trash can or something like that. So, uh, and uh, then you uh, mentioned something about uh, it's just gibberish, but it is actually Danish, but uh, it's like if a pe- uh, person who talked English uh, just... Um, it's called uh, red Danish words, syllable by syllable. So yeah, I really love the show, and uh, see you. Thank you, Tobias, for letting us know that we're not Danish experts. <laughs> I'm glad that you pointed that out for us. Uh, that that what they gave us in the show was more of a literal translation or like a syllable by syllable translation, but it is an actual Danish word, just slightly off translated. So we're glad to have an official Danish spokesperson speak up and tell us exactly what that meant so thank you yeah that's helpful thank you uh we have another international voicemail coming from jesus from mexico hey guys hope you're okay and jesus from juarez mexico um i wanted to leave you a voicemail a long time ago but i i guess i just was waiting until you guys were near the end uh want to thank you for all your work all you've done you really uh I've really enjoyed listening to you guys, and I'm really looking forward to watching The Office again. Just one quick question. I really hope I don't step over the line here in my time. Do uh, you think even though Kim and Pam don't work at Thunder Mission anymore, uh, they are still friends with Dwayne and Angela? And how do you think their future hypothetical relationships are? Do you think their kids stay or something like that? So thank you guys, and again, uh, great job, and that's it. Have a good one. Okay, so the volume in that is a little low, so it might be a little hard to understand. So what I gathered from it is he's asking, what do we think that Jim and Pam and Dwight and Angela's friendship is like now, even though Jim and Pam aren't at Dunder Mifflin anymore? And I think he said something about their kids. Do you think their kids would be friends? So what what, what thoughts do you have, Katie? I think... They are as friendly as you can be, but Jim and Pam are living in Austin now, uh, or at least when the, when the show ended, they were living mm-hmm. in Austin or moving to Austin. And Dwight and Angela, I can pretty much guarantee, are still in Scranton as uh, Dwight does have the farm, or they have the farm. Are their kids friends? I would say they know of each other, and Jim and Pam often speak of their crazy but wonderful ex-coworkers, but I would imagine that the four of them are still probably quite close and and do talk mm-hmm. frequently. They're probably not once a day type callers, but I would imagine that they are still close. 
Yeah, I like to think that they might maybe video chat each other every once in a while uh, to keep in touch with each other. Or maybe Jim still finds ways to prank Dwight after all this time. And I, I bet their kids, if they have any sort of relationship with each other, they, they are almost like cousins. You know, I, I've got some cousins that I'm really close with because they kind of live nearby and I grew up with them. But then there, then there are some cousins that they live a few states away. I only see them once every few years, but I, they're my cousins and I love them and I have that relationship with them. So I imagine it's something like that, where they're aware of each other and they, they've interacted with each other and they, they are aware of their parents' relationship with each other. And so the kids get along, is at least the way I'd like to picture it. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Now, we have three voicemails asking the same thing. <laughs> so I'm going to play all of them so that nobody's left out. And thankfully, I, I think we have an answer to this question. So first up is Susanna from Massachusetts. Hey, Chad and Katie, this is Susanna calling from Massachusetts. Love your podcast. Sad to see it coming to an end, but had to end sometime. My question is about the most recent episode um, when they found out that, or when Dwight found out that he was actually Philip's father in um, the premiere of season nine, the lab tech came out and gave him the results that showed him that he wasn't the father. And so I'm wondering if you think that Angela paid him off to lie or if they found the other baby Phillips diaper accidentally and gave him that, gave the lab that sample. So just wondering what your thoughts are on that. Thanks. So that was Susanna. This is Mimi Dini. Hi, this is Mimi Dini from Red Bank, New Jersey. Question, why is it that Dwight can, uh, why a paternity test can conclude that Dwight is not the father but then in the last season, for no reason at all, he suddenly is Philip's father. And then lastly, we have Ariel from Dayton. Hey, Chad and Katie. This is Ariel from Dayton, Ohio. And my question, what I've always wondered about The Office is, if Angela's baby is Dwight's, what do you think happened when Dwight got the DNA test? I've always thought maybe he could have possibly grabbed, like, one of Jim and Pam's baby diapers. Um, I'm just curious to know what your guys' theory is. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye. Now, in that last one, the the Google transcription is concerning. It says that Ariel has always wondered about the office is if Angela's baby is dead. So I can confirm <laughs> Angela's baby is not dead. <laughs> but to answer the other question, do, do you have an answer, Katie? Oh, that's funny. I was always under the impression that either Angela was able to interfere and lie, like on behalf of the tech, or I don't know, interfere with the lab results in some way, or because Philip Lipton was not the only baby there that day, the mm -hmm. helpers also had their kids in. I also considered, yeah, same as Ariel, that she could have grabbed or that he could have grabbed the other Philip's diaper. And that's a possibility. It seems slim, but it does, I mean, it does kind of make sense. That's the answer I always assumed. And I, I, I'm not positive, so don't quote me on this, but I do think it has been more or less confirmed by somebody involved with the show that because it was the Free Family Portrait Studio Day, both babies were there, both Phillips were there. So Dwight just happened to grab the wrong diaper. That, that's just the answer I always had in my mind. So whether that's right or not, I, I think it at least explains something rather than it just being a sort of retconned detail within a season. So 
that's my assumption, but I'm glad that everybody was so eager to ask us that question. <laughs> Thank you for the voicemails, everybody. We have a few more voicemails that we're going to play at the very end, uh, just because they have nice things to say. So thank you again to Maria, to Sam, and to Toa from Chicago. That's all we had planned for this episode. We'll see what the future brings. But for now, we just thought we'd leave our contact information if everybody wants to keep in touch with us and what we're doing with our lives and all that kind of stuff. So Katie, how about you start us off? Yeah, same as always. You can find me on Twitter at ktlady623 or at facebook.com, still slash katie.white. That'll be there. <laughs> you know, this whole thing is very complicated, but that, yeah. that will stay the same. <laughs> I'm around. Hit me up on, on either of those. And uh, on Facebook, it's always probably best to do Messenger because I don't add everyone just because I don't know everyone. But if you, if you send me a message and say that you're a fan of the podcast, I'll, I'll add you on Facebook as well. Otherwise, yeah, stay in touch. We will both be active on the social medias for an American workplace as well, as well mm -hmm. as our personal social medias. So Chad, where can they find you? As always, the best place is still Twitter. That's my favorite social media to interact with people on. My username is still just as silly as it always has been. It's Chadadada. -da. <laughs> that is C-H-A-D-A-D-A-D-A. There's my other podcast, which I really, really hope that all of you go over and listen to. It's called Cinescope. We talk about the movies we love and why we love them. And we talk about old movies and we're talking about new movies more. And so that is a great place to hear more of me, at least. And as Katie said, we're going to be still active on the American Workplace Twitter account. Uh, that is at WorkplacePod. And our email is still active, uh, which is WorkplacePodcast at gmail.com. And I will say that we're going to be probably shutting off the voicemail at this point. We're not going to be recording any more voicemail episodes. But if you want to send us an email, we will be happy to read your emails and respond to your emails. So uh, definitely, if you have lengthier questions or responses to us, leave it there. And you know what? We would still appreciate Apple podcast reviews and ratings because that helps more people to find our podcast. Uh, now that Office Ladies is out there, people are seeking out other Office podcasts to listen to in the downtime between their episodes because they have only done like 10 at this point they're not very far in the show and so they're looking for office or office podcasts with uh, bigger backlogs and so the higher we are in the directory the more they come to ours rather than others which i listen to other office podcasts too but hey i'm always going to self-promote as much as i can <laughs> <laughs> one quick correction our email is workplacepod at gmail.com thank you very podcast. much yeah. Uh, see, it, we're, we're just out of practice. God, it's goodness been gracious. months, guys. We're brand new at this. <laughs> uh, we are no longer professionals. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back in some capacity in the future, whether it's just Twitter or who knows. We'll see. Uh, we're not going to shut anything down. So thank you. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. California, and I just got a notification that the finale is up and ready to listen to, and it just made me think of how much gratitude I have for the two of you for creating this podcast, and I know a podcast is a lot of work, but you just brought a lot of joy to a lot of people, and it's been wonderful to listen to. Um, I've been listening since the very beginning, um, one night just going deep dive into listening to every single office podcast out there to pick my one and 
you all won the cake compared to others. So thank you for everything that you've put out there. And uh, I'll be looking at what the two of you have in store for the future, maybe some other uh, podcast at another time. And, uh, Chad, I know you have another podcast that's also incredibly enjoyable. So thanks to the two of you. I really appreciate uh, I appreciate you. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Chad and Katie. This is Sam from California. Katie, congrats on getting married. Well, I know you're not yet, but you will be soon. Good luck with that. Um, also, this is my reaction to this podcast ending. Thank you guys for all you have done with this podcast. Peace. Hey, Chad and Katie. This is Toa from Chicago. Um, I'd just like to say thank you for putting in so much time and effort to make these podcasts over the past few months. Um, it's been awesome following along with you guys. I've watched the show multiple times, uh, but listen to you guys talk about it. Um, it's very interesting. I think you guys bring up good points that I've never really noticed myself. So I just wanted to say thank you. I know it's a lot of work. Um, yeah.